Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name is Kurt Robinson. And my name is Aaron Battle. So today we're talking a little bit about the state of the world, the state of the economy, how silver might potentially be worth millions and millions of dollars, how uh, Jeff Berwick is predicting an ancient uh, Hebrew right is going to overpower the economy over the coming months. And what else? Well, that's what we started talking about, a little <laughs> yeah. instability. Well, we were going to talk about business and then we took a little walk down into Guadalajara Centro to pick up a few silver coins yeah. and, uh, you know, we touched on our business idea of Kurtz. Mm. We touched on it. We, t- we talk about it for no, like we completely, minutes. We completely so expand <laughs> on that. Well, yeah, so I talk about how uh, I, have, I have this fantasy or dream or goal of running a card room and thinking about different ways to do it, different angles, things I need to be worried about and, and deconstructing the situation there. And... Everything down to what we're going to serve and drinks and (laughs) how he's going to pay me to sit in and play cards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see about that. Depends how how good your skills are. You've got to train me first. (laughs) Cool. So jump jump on the paradiseparadox.com. You can check out some of our old episodes on there. Go through the entire list and listen to all of them sequentially or in parallel, depending on on your ability to multitask. Then... uh, Jump on, uh, there's a donate button on there so you, so you can give us a tip. We appreciate it so much. We're just putting out our, our, our little hands like Oliver Twist, asking for a little bit, uh, a little tiny piece, a little, a little piece of bread to help us survive here in, in Mexico. Uh, so head on over to theparadiseparadox.com, press donate. There's also a shop Amazon link there. So if you think of window shopping on Amazon or buying something on Amazon, click through the shop Amazon link and that's going to mean that we get a little commission and um, yeah, head on to Facebook and press like press like on Facebook and hover over the, the like button, press get notifications and where else? Well, uh, if, you, uh, if you skip the website and jump through to YouTube, uh-huh. make sure you subscribe so you, uh, you know, so you get a little pop-up and you can see all the episodes, back episodes, future episodes. Yep. Uh, you do not want to miss out on what's, what's to <laughs> yeah. come. Stay informed, guys. Then, then uh, if you use iTunes, jump on iTunes and you can press subscribe on iTunes and that's going to mean the stuff gets downloaded to your portable musical uh, technological device. Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> Download on your iWalkman and listen up. And uh, jump on Pocket Cast if you use Android and you can do a very similar thing. And uh, jump on Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bubble. You can catch me at Battle AZ. Yep. And yeah, so tweet us a question. Tell us your opinion. Tell us what you want to know. Tell us uh, your predictions for the future. What do you see in your crystal ball? Let's get into it. So we've just been uh, walking around El Centro there in, in Guadalajara and having a look because, uh, Aaron, you were saying that you knew the Banco Azteca had, had uh, pretty good prices for, for silver coins. 
and you said every time you went in there, hmm. it uh, it didn't quite pan out. Well, okay, no, silver's silver's been on the on the cards for a little while. It's like you know, a safe, secure store of money, store yeah. of value, yeah. real money, it's um, historical money, and it's got it's got a bunch of qualities which make it good as money. So you know, I make it a habit of once a fortnight, I might buy you know a coin or two. Mm. But the last month, every time I go into Banco Azteca, which yep. is the the Bank of Mexico, yeah, uh, you you just buy a coin straight over the counter, uh, usually around the three hundred peso mark, which is about twenty five, twenty six Australian dollars. Mm. So about eighteen US dollars. Mm. Um, so it's it's good because they they're brand new coins in a little plastic case, and you can you can exchange them there and then. Except. Mm. Last month that I've been dropping in, they never have any stock. Right. Um, so I thought, you know, now that I'm closer to the, the city, hey, Kurt, let's go for a little walk and see if they've got any. Mm. Um, and they did, but there's a whole street of coin bullion. Well, I didn't really see any bullion dealers, but, you know, coin traders. Yeah. And, uh, and currency. Currency exchanges, yeah. You can trade in U.S. dollars, Canadian dollars. And all that. So, US. but even, even they didn't, there's many that didn't have any coins. Well, I did see a few uh, chocolate gold coins. I think that counts for something. I'm not sure how high quality the chocolate is, but that might be good in a crisis. He only had five coins in the whole shop. <laughs> you know, chocolate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what that guy was selling. That was a pretty big storefront, the corner, corner frontage as well. He was not selling coins. <laughs> I think he was just buying, just buying uh, jewelry and stuff. But even his customer service was so dodgy. <laughs> like he didn't even he didn't say anything he kind of just you know grunted at us and that was that was no, it we don't have anything <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's funny I don't, yeah they had the shelves laid out empty shelves you know just a few chocolate coins <laughs> but uh, I'm going to make it a habit to head down there I think to check out what's going on because we, we met we met an old dude out the front and of course he sees two gringos walking down the street <laughs> well I, I, I was trying to fit in <laughs> you had your, you had your dark skin on. Yeah, and and uh, the moustache, of course. <laughs> right. But it was you know we he he seemed cool. Like we had a little conversation, and he mm. seemed friendly. So I thought I, I wanted to ask him. And he was an old guy, so yeah. I wanted to ask him. You know, what was it? What does he feel like? He's got his tentacles out. Like, you know, <laughs> what's the vibe? Um, you know, with all these all these uh, you know currency wars going on, and the situation in Greece at the moment, mm. and just the euro zone just you know in its little tremors hanging in the balance there i i i don't know if anyone knows what's going on there but apparently everything's all good and you know and uh greece is going to get another 85 billion euro i don't know the figures but it's ridiculous just throw good money after bad that's (laughs) that's what the eu is all about yeah yeah that's what government's all about well lovely (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, you grow, you grilled him a little about the peso crash in 91. It was 91, right? The, um, the, de- the well, revaluation of the Mexican peso. There was a, there was a couple. I'm not sure. I thought it was one in the 80s as well. All right. Was it, was it 88? Okay. And okay. it could have been early 90s as well. Right. Um, well, I, see, what I'm interested in now that we're living here in Mexico, I thought the Greece, the people in Greece would have seen this coming. They would have heard about it. Mm. it, it just, to me, it sounds... It's almost weird that there's, you know, 100 people lining up an ATM. You know, mm. now the bank's closed. It's like it took them that long to work out, I need to get my money out. Mm. And, you know, knowing that Mexico is kind of a little bit, you know, yesterday, 
I think the same thing could happen here. Mm. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me, except Mexican people usually get all their money out, you know, on their payday. <laughs> and, you know, and, and what we see on the news about, about Greece is what we see here every second Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Except they don't have the limit on, on what they're going to take out. It's like, yeah. give, me, give me the whole lot. Yeah. But it was interesting getting this guy's point of view because he was, I'll say he's in his 60s at mm. least. And I thought, you know, you lived this. What, what actually happened? Did it devalue in a weekend? He, yeah. said, he said it did. He said it happened overnight. He it, yeah, he said it was very quick. Um, but then he also said that government had another currency ready to issue the next day. Huh. So the government knew what was going on and they already had notes that had, you know, three zeros trimmed off to exchange. <laughs> right, with it, a big N in, at the front then. New pesos, yeah. just like the old one, <laughs> just, just as terrible. Exactly. Yeah, bright new colors. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but he said it was very sad for a lot of people that didn't get their money out because it wasn't a matter of being able to exchange old money for new money. It was mm. just, you know, your bank account had three zeros missing. Mm. And, you know, if you had to get money out, if you had, you know, two billion or two million, I, I don't know, Mexican yeah, he money. He said like two, what was it? He said 200 million and then the next day it was two million. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. yeah. It just had, like your money, you did, the, the amounts were just updated. Yeah. Or snipped. Mm. Just um, uh Turned into a peso gelding, a peso guay. But what do you what do you do? You go to the bank and whinge. You go, no, I had two billion dollars yesterday. Now I've got two dollars. What, what happened? <laughs> well, the th the thing about it is, yeah, I mean that's when they revalued it. But I mean, the the damage had already been done, right? Because <laughs> the prices were already shooting up towards the sky. So snipping off snipping off a couple of zeros is just the just a full stop in a long sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the story continues. So, yeah. so here we are 20 years into the future and wondering, you know, when is it due to happen again? And, mm. and, and I asked him, like, you know, what happened to the workers that, that were heading, to, heading for their day shift, mm. you know, got their wife and kids at home, uh, the money that they leave there, or, you know, the money they leave at home, is that, can they still go to the supermarket and get food and, and mm. everything? He seemed pretty casual about all that. Like, like it mm. literally happened one day to the next and it didn't really affect any, anyone. But I yeah, find but that you, so you hard to believe. Ask, you asked him, was it complete chaos? And he's like, yeah, it was complete chaos. <laughs> but, but what, I can still go buy tortillas? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I mean, we do, we do live in Mexico. So, I mean, chaos is, is kind of relative. Like, you know, you could say, well, is, is uh, Mexico City chaos? Yeah, absolutely it is. <laughs> so, so, you know, if Guadalajara turns into chaos... Does it just, you know, look a little more like Mexico City for a day? Or? <laughs> well, I already, I already think it does. I don't like going down the, to the central. Mm. It's, it's too hectic for me. The, the path in, line, in Guadalajara. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, I mean, even just the, just the main street mm. and a few blocks. It's like, mm. it's, just, it's hectic. And yeah. I don't know what the people are doing. Are they waiting for buses? Or is it, they're not really shopping. Like it could be they, they could spread the people out a little bit, but everyone just likes to get in that main drag. Well, I guess they're, they're doing the subway as well. Like right. they're putting the subway in, so the roads closed. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That, that, that could explain it. Yeah, that's another little chaos for you. Just, uh, <laughs> just another Tuesday. It is Tuesday, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so we picked up a couple coins. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, 
you know, put them in the, in the pile <laughs> for the doomsday. Yeah, put, but, them, put them in your little Scrooge McDuck um, money bin. Yeah. No, I can't. My fingers can't even swim yet. <laughs> it's not that deep. Yeah. But safety net, ne- yep. ne- nevertheless. Silver. Never, never hurts to have a little bit. But um, your the housemate here, Colt, he seemed surprised that he's like, "Well, you, you guys actually found some." It's like he didn't believe that they sold silver coins just a few blocks down the road. <laughs> well, he was surprised about the whole thing because he's he's from California, from the United States, and, and uh, we we started talking about it and, and we're mentioning all these numbers like, "Yeah, the price was this and this," and you know, the, the price of silver, the spot price is going down, but the but the 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 amount is actually absent like how can the price be going Mm. down when when the the supply is going down and demand seems to be stable uh (laughs) which is a normal conversation for us but to someone else in the room it's like who are you guys what (laughs) what the hell are you talking about yeah yeah (laughs) Um, but then he came to the party pretty quick you know he's bringing up stats from the uh s&p yeah yeah and the standards important 500 and, and he's he, he pointed at, at a couple of figures, and he was like, "See, this is, this is the the crash back in 2008, uh, and the high point before that was like well below what it is right now. So it looks like it's you know it looks like the it's bubbling nice and nice and strong, that, just like some birria on insane. your abuela's stove." But the, <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Someone called mum. The uh, the rice is overcooking, and the steam and water's coming out. Yeah. Um, but like crash two thousand eight, big bump. But right today, it's like mm. double that big bump. It's mm. like we're talking massive, massive new ground. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know what that means. Mm. Like it, it seems scary if you're looking at you know where it crashed and then where we are now. Yep. It's, it's almost like un, you can't process that. Mm. Like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty intense. Yeah, the pe- the peso is going down, so it's like you know, at the start of the year, it was like fifteen pesos gets you a dollar, and people were saying happy quinceanera. Um, the, the peso finally got to fifteen, uh, and now, any excuse to have a party. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are now crazy. Sixteen, my little peso, my pequeño yeah, pesito. Yeah, she's a growing up. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> so this all started because my bro sent me a message last night and he goes, what, what am I going to do? Where am I going to increase my value of my money? The Australian mm. dollar's dropping. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much a given. I mean, the Australian dollar's been dropping for the last two years. Well, no, no, what do you mean? It was, it was still uh, pretty much on parity around the start of the year. It was, was, it? Pretty, was it really? Yeah, it was pretty well. It's ninety, ninety-five cents, that kind of range. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, and I mean, it's dropped off significantly since then. Yeah. Now down around seventy-six. So that's over twenty percent in in the matter of six months. Hmm. It hasn't done that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the point is, we need to we need to create more value or make some make some money, right? Oh, so, it's a, yeah. Okay. Business. One thing is it's creating value the other thing is saving a value so cre- creating a value talking about making businesses or ma- making uh, uh, ways to generate income building your skills 
uh, that that type of thing, which um, you yeah. know, a, lo a lot of people, you know, there's there's a lot of prepper channels on YouTube, uh, like Silver Bullet, Silver Shield, something like that, and he, he talks about you need to build your skills, build build your community, um, so know your neighbor, know who you can trust. And, you know, if you have some skills, like if you're a mechanic or carpenter or something like that, yeah. it's going to be really useful uh, in the event of a, of a worldwide currency collapse or some other strange economic event, which it looks like we're, you know, shaping up for the seven-year cycle, Wall Street seven-year cycle taking over. I just don't know what I'm going to offer my neighbors. I don't really have many skills. I can't even cook for myself. <laughs> well, I can, I can cook. I mean, that's one thing. I guess that's a good... <laughs> All right. It's a, that's something in the bank for me. You're you know, sorted. I'll, I'll be running my restaurant in a, in a dollar collapse. Hey, well, come get your falafel tacos or something like that. Yeah. Falafel tacos? Um, your beans aren't bad. They've yeah. come a long way. I mean, I need to try them early, but today, though, your, your beans today? Yeah, those are my beans. Yeah. Killer beans, man. <laughs> Thanks. You know, there's a, there's a little tip to the beans, a, a little tip you can try if you, if you like making refried beans. You get a, um, when you're cooking, when you're heating up the oil, you put in a little bit of onion and you put in a, a little bit of tortilla and you, you cook it and let it burn just a little bit, and that way it gives it a nice kind of smokiness through the beans. Mm, just I, I, didn't, I didn't cook. And that just, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not a tip for you. No, no. Someone, but I mean, someone I mean, might find that useful. <laughs> I, I mean, that would have never occurred to me. If I was trying to, can you imagine yeah. me stumbling through the process? I'll be like, <laughs> throw something in just to add taste. It doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> you, you put sauce on later. <laughs> yeah coming from a non-cook okay. angle <laughs> okay okay there yeah there's some <laughs> i don't know what to say to that like <laughs> well yeah i i guess that's kind of true that's the kind of the mentality here in mexico they don't they don't tend to put salsa on until the last point like even though they like spicy things they don't put chilies in the beans which i almost always do yeah Okay, it's something else I didn't I didn't know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, and another point we'll bring up quickly is uh, Jeff Berwick released this video the other day about the Shemitah. Like yeah, he, good one. He's he's saying that there's there's like when I mentioned the seven year cycle, the seven year cycle of Wall Street. He he links it to this this tradition. I think he said it's from the Torah. Uh, where every seven years debts are forgiven or every every seven years they they wash away these debts uh, and he he says he makes a case in this video like he says i 'm not talking about the religious aspect the, that's that 's a thing i 'm talking about the the economic financial aspects yeah. and he he makes the case that every forty nine years every seventh son of a seventh son no every seventh seven years um, a, there's a jubilee year where stuff goes even more berserk and, and uh, land is given back to the Hebrew people or something like that. Um, and so he says it's, it's coming, like it's, it's running on time and um, it's set to come around September this year. Yeah. And uh, he, he, he brings up the, this strange video 
which I watched months ago when this this woman, I think she's representing the World Bank or the IMF, and she comes out and she's giving a, a press conference or a meeting and she says, all right, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the, the, the numerology. Uh, a lot of you know that, that uh, the number seven has a very significant um, aspect to it, a very high significance. And, and uh, then she talks this gobbledygook for seven minutes and, and you think, is this, you know, is she high or... Uh, was how- it a coincidence that it was seven minutes? <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, Chinese, old Chinese proverb, no such thing as coincidence. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, maybe it was just the, the Machiavelli seven-day theory, Tupac's going to come back to life in September. That's, a, that's something I'm holding out for too. I want to <laughs> see him at... Um, Coachella this year, that would be cool. Seeing Tupac Shakur at Burning Man, that would be a that would be a, a trip. Yeah, speak of the Antichrist. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, with all these DNA experiments and things that they're doing now, yeah, like you can't. Sometimes you can't believe your eyes. Mm. Yeah. But it's going to be a good September, <laughs> right? Good, good for some. Uh, I don't know. Well, we're we're going to see. I mean. Yeah, uh, in 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 the video, Berwick is rather skeptical. Like he's putting forth this case, but at the same time, he's saying, "Like this is what my this is what my research leads to." But how the hell could I know? Like, how can you make a, an economic prediction with such precision? That's I mean, that that's something that never really happens. Yeah, yeah. But it, it does uh, it does make you think. Mm. Or you know you want to explore the idea that maybe there's there's some other forces that are that are manipulating the whole game, yep. and maybe you know maybe they are running on a little timetable, and it's yeah. like you know, yeah, Illuminati's got the big schedule in the back, and uh, you know throwing dartboards at the schedule. Hey, let's uh, you know let's let's make uh, the King of France run around on a, on a bicycle for giving debt this this month. That's what I want to do. <laughs> That's what the Illuminati does for fun. <laughs> I, uh, Fact. I hope they do. <laughs> mm. I want to see what else they get up to. Yeah. Press like on YouTube. Press like on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Twitter at BattleAZ, at Trouble Bubble, and show your support at donate.theparadiseparadox. So I was thinking the other day, um, like I, ha- I had this thought in my mind ages ago, like, hey, I could, uh, you know, with a bit of capital, I could start a, a business, uh, brick and mortar business in Latin America. Um, so what if I, what if I start a casino? Um, what if I start a card room more specifically? Um, so a, a room where people can come and play poker. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, uh, I know, um, Gambling license are either easy to get or not necessary in in Colombia, at least in Medellin, because um, you go to the corner store and there's a, like a guy has video poker there sitting in the corner, literally at the corner store, uh, <laughs> and casinos are just everywhere in Medellin. But but there, I mean, it's there's only one or two like the Rio uh, where you can play poker, um, and so you know not much. Not a lot of um, 
not a lot of variation or, or choice in your game. Um, and um, then um, the other day, it kind of clicked to me. Um, I was like, hang on, why am, I, why am I thinking about a license? Why am I thinking about permission? Like, I'm, so square, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still got this slave mentality like, oh, please, master, let, let me do this. Um, and I thought, I don't, I don't need that. Like, if I, if I have a place, I just buy a card table and start dealing and, and uh, you know, I, um, I, yeah, just set up shop. Sell <laughs> chips at the door and see who turns up. Some, something like that, yeah, yeah. Just for the video poker. Yeah. Do kids play that? Like, or, or is, that, <laughs> is that kind of, you know, not... Not cool. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's allowed. But you know, this is this is Latin America. Rules are meant to be broken. I mean, you know, I, I've I've got friends here in in Guadalajara who, um, you know, might be a little underage. Uh, walk into a bar and just say, "Yeah, I'll have a michelada," or you know, "I'll have a beer," uh, and nothing happens. So, you know, and likewise in Colombia, I've seen. Uh, I've seen young girls. I mean, like my my friend Elizabeth. She was over eighteen at the time, but uh, she looks <laughs> she looks like she, she always looked like she's fifteen. And she just walked up and say, "Hey, I'll have a cigarette," and they sell it to her. So you know, rules aren't rules. <laughs> just business. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's harming anybody? Exactly. Um, and you know, it's a, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's the responsibility of. The parents, it's personal responsibility. There's a whole range of facts that play into it. But the, but the thing is, you have to, um, yeah, you do have to take responsibility. Uh, and so the, the, the thing is uh, about these card rooms, in Australia, you know, every city has its own casino. And, you know, I, I, I guess they all pretty much have poker by now. But there was, a, there was a time where not so long ago where you could go to, say, Adelaide and go into the casino and there's, like, nothing. Or, um, you know, Adelaide Casino shuts at, at, at 2 a.m. And, and people go there and, and they say, you know, the, the, the staff say, okay, guys, uh, you know, last, last round, um, then it'll be time to wrap it up, and and the the punters will start laughing. They're like, oh, "Yeah, right. Last last round. What do you you know? Last hand. Whatever you say, buddy." And the, and the staff are like, "No, this is actually the rule. We have to we have to stop playing now." Um, <laughs> well, it's because they they wouldn't know what time of day it is. They, they lose track of time. Like aren't the casinos like that? Where there's well, no there's no daylight. And- yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, they do deliberately do that so people lose track of time. Uh, and, you know, it was only a few, a few years ago that the Perth Casino got poker and um, up, up till, I don't know, maybe, uh, okay, I can't count back this far because I, I wasn't playing poker then, but may, maybe about 10 years ago, if you go to Melbourne, you go to Crown Casino and you want to find a game of poker, what you find is fixed limit hold'em rather than no limit hold'em or you know you you wouldn't find a necessarily the game that you're looking for and the thing is uh for for years uh, um the gambling was illegal in australia and what would happen would be like illegal games around every corner at least that's what some of the old gamblers have told me um like in little 
little dark alleys and stuff. Um, even mafia games. I mean, that's that's still a thing in Melbourne. So it goes to show, you know, if you have a legal monopoly, probably not the greatest idea. And if like if somebody thinks, hey, well, you know, we'll put in a legal monopoly to limit people gambling and losing their money and, and stupid wages. No, it doesn't. It doesn't stop that. It actually can make conditions worse for people. And um, yeah, I mean, there's still there's there's still un- underground games in Melbourne, but but uh, you know, it's always a risk. And so, like, I would play in illegal games in Melbourne, and and uh, games that they would take rake. Like home games are legal as long as nobody makes a profit. That's that's I'm not a lawyer, but that's my understanding of the law. Um, so well, yeah. when you're saying let a more risk, I mean mm. people underground establishments, yeah. probably run. I'm assuming by by heavier, shadier type characters. Is that the risk you're talking about? Or? Yeah, yeah, that that is a risk. I mean, I've never played in any of those games, but I'm sure they exist. I mean, Melbourne is <laughs> the you know Melbourne is a organized crime capital of australia it's it's not exactly a secret so it is nice though i like melbourne <laughs> yeah i mean you don't see the gangland you don't see the underbelly unless you go looking for it um but it it's there it's there i mean yeah it, it is there um if you, you know if you hang out enough on Ligon street you might you might make, meet some shady characters or something anyway um the yeah, I would go to these illegal games, and and um, people would always say like the, the the people who were running them would say you know be careful because you you can't mention this to uh, people like Crown Casino, and you know sometimes I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, what's the word throw in, throw anyone under the bus, but you know sometimes the the staff from Crown Casino would actually deal at at, at some other games. We want someone with experience. <laughs> yeah. And the exactly. uniform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you get some of these dealers, and, um, but you have to be careful about the dealers that you contact because they could actually be like double agents and they're going to dob you in to, to the casino and, and, and then the, the casino contacts the police and the police come and shut down your game. And nobody so wants that. Did you, so, ever, did you ever turn up and you're like... Hey, Fred. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah? Or not? I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, but do you ever, you ever I mean, you might have recognized people that you, that you went there or it wasn't really that? What do you mean? What do you mean? Recognize dealers from the casino or what do you mean? Well, yeah, no, I figure people that, that, are, in the, that are in the circles for that, for that type of activity, yeah. they probably would have, uh, they would have been checked out at casino. Yeah, and and, yeah. and then uh, or they, they would be they would be familiar with people that are operating in the in the scene. Mm. So I mean, it would it would be hard to kind of conceal your identity, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, I mean if you did, if you were working both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people will know, um, but you have to kind of. I remember once that I, I I wasn't thinking about it, and maybe I didn't fully understand, and I was at the casino, and I, I said. I said to my friend, "Hey, this is um, this is what's his face, and uh, deal, that guy dealing the blackjack table. Sometimes he deals at this other guy's place, 
and and I, I wasn't thinking about it, and the and the dealer just kind of looked at me, <laughs> raised an eyebrow, and Ooh. didn't say anything. Uh, <laughs> like he wasn't going to say, "Hey, it's you from this game." It's, no, it's more like Fight Club where you give the nod, <laughs> sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they have, I mean, they have real strict rules at the casino. Like I think, I don't know. You're probably not supposed to shake hands with any of the dealers because you might slip them a hundred dollars. Anyway, there's, it's a whole bunch of nonsense. Um, the thing is, uh, when you say you, you go to Crown Casino, Crown Casino is a, is a pretty nice casino. Um, it's, it's to some extent, it's internationally respected. Um, some some people, um, it's, uh, I know a lot of people will call this an exaggeration, but people have called it the Bellagio Down Under or something like that. Which it does have a reputation. <laughs> it has, yes, it does, uh, but it's not. It's not really great <laughs> for the reason of customer service, and this is uh, this is like an economic thing about about monopolies. Um, if you have one company that has the legal privilege of performing an operation in in an area, then they don't give a shit what you think. Uh, <laughs> and I remember once, yep. like the the manager was over at our table, and the, and the um, the dealer. Ha- um, had had heard from one of the customers, one of the punters there had said, "Hey, I think you, uh, I think you split up this pot wrong, or, or something. Uh, I think you took too much rake, or whatever it was, as in too much commission." Uh, and, and the dealer was like, "Okay, well, let me check. You know, I'll double check, make sure everything's fine." Uh, and the manager c- came over and is like, "Look, if they te- if they say that." Look, let them count it. Once they count it, you know, then you can, uh, you know, find out if there's a problem. Uh, and and I was like, hmm, there's some uh, great crown customer service for you. And, and he was like, yeah, that's how we did it, like back in the old days. And he told me the story of an Italian guy who who dealt at Crown, uh, and he he said that this this guy, big big Italian guy, his name name's Rocco. And they were all the old guys were playing Manila, and, and um, Brocky dealt the cards. And when he had finished, he just leaned back, lean right back, and just away from the world, thousands of miles away. And, and, uh, and then it came to the showdown, and, and the other the old Italian guys are like, "Rocky, who win? Who win?" And that sounds like a Transylvanian accent. Anyway, <laughs> I get Rocky, who win? Who win? I am the camp. You know, and they, it was they the old him, days. <laughs> <laughs> this is when uh, Romania was still an Italian territory. So, and and Rocky was Rocky just leaned forward on his chair and and is like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> the manager told me this story like this is a great a great thing about Crown customer service and yeah, you know. That's you know that's the essence of it. When you have a monopoly, um, that's the kind of ridiculous stuff you can get away with. But yeah. he, but is everyone like that? Is that like a culture that's in the well in casinos well, in Australia? If there's no competition, uh, yeah. Or, or what, what's a go? Or people just don't care? Or they're happy like that? They they just accept it. I mean, yeah. they just they you know they they exploit their position. They charge more rank than they should. I mean, by comparison, let's see. When I, when I last played at Crown, they'd take a, a, a time charge or maybe a seat charge of, of, say, $5 to get a seat or $5 every hour. 
and and then you get you're getting like 10% commission out of every pot up to let's see I'm trying to remember it's probably up to $10 I think it might be up to 15 um so capped capped at 10 or $15 and, and you can compare that to say uh I I heard um someone in Seattle one, a, a guy that used to play at, at Crown now moved to the United States and was playing in Seattle uh, and they have, you know, card rooms everywhere. Card rooms in Seattle will actually give you money every hour instead of charging you time every hour. Um, that's, that's what I heard on the grapevine. It's a nice comparison. Yeah. yeah. So, so Melbourne Casino is killing it. Oh, um, yeah, maybe. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, they're definitely exploiting their position. They're not, you know, they got no competition there. So, you know, just charge people whatever. And if they complain, I don't fucking care. You know, why why are you complaining about this? Nobody else complains about this. What's wrong with you? Walks right off in the middle of the conversation. That's that's the kind of customer service you get there. It's nice. (laughs) Makes you feel right at home. That's, That's pretty raw. (laughs) <laughs> it sure is I mean I, I'm, I'm not conditioned to play you know I, I, I don't really I don't really go into casinos yeah, yeah when I went to Melbourne everyone told me you have to check out the casino well it's an, I mean it's a nice um, what's the word it's a nice entertainment centre mm. the, the you know in every shop in the entertainment centre if you go buy you know go buy some some perfume or something uh, go buy some jewelry or you know have have some dinner there in the in the in the food court or one of the nice restaurants yeah they're going to treat you well but those people don't have a monopoly the casino itself has uh, a monopoly i see so i think when i went to the casino i did the walkthrough i grabbed yep. a drink there's a movie cinema there yeah we went yep. to dinner and i watched a movie and then left uh-huh. like, like i didn't partake in the the customer service of the casino yeah yeah well, and, and you know, if you only go there once or twice, you might not notice how ingrained this this kind of culture of monopolistic snobbery is is uh, is ingrained there. But now that you're aware of that, if you were to to open up a you know equal mm. establishment, yeah, I don't know how, how would you do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's is been. It, uh, I said I'm interested. We're talking business, right? Yeah. Let's t- let's talk about business. Business. All right. So. Business. Yeah. Business. Out my business. So, I, I've been thinking about this. So yeah, like I said, I had that that kind of switch in my brain. Like, hang on, I don't need license to it to do anything. I'm a free man. You know, I'm not a slave. Uh, of course, you have to factor in the 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 kind of threat there, um, but. Likewise, it's it's a difference between you know if someone someone dobs you in in Australia, the police come knock on your door uh, and uh, you know try to shut down your game. But here, I mean, the police will probably be like, yeah, I don't care, he's playing an illegal game. Or they knock on your door and say, hey, where's my cut? That's <laughs> that's the kind of thing you'd expect to happen. Um, well, you want some kind of security or or backing or mm. protection when you are in the. Mm. Wild West. Mm. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But okay, so, well, here's here's my basic business model, and that have been that's been running around in my head. I think that, um, of course, 
when you go to a casino, um, for for a real poker player, rank is a killer. The commission that they take out of the pot is, is an absolute killer. Uh, and so I've been trying to think of a way that I, that I can have a business model that doesn't actually involve rake. I mean, one way is that you, you have, say, a membership or you have a door charge. So they pay like 200 pesos a month and they can play as much as they want or they, they, they pay, you know, 100 pesos at the door and they can play all night, something like that. Uh, that's that's one way to do it, and then um, and and yeah, I think the 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 real players would would uh, respect that more. They say, hey, this place, you know, this place, this place has no rake. Um, but to the to the regular punters, that's probably not going to even enter into their head because uh, like. Even when I, when I first started playing poker, I didn't even realize that rake was a thing. That didn't <laughs> didn't even enter my mind. That um, as a serious player, it's going to cut into your profits so much because because you just have you know say everyone buys in for a hundred dollars, you have like nine hundred dollars on the table. But after many hours that of taking ten percent every pot, maybe there's only you know five hundred dollars left, four hundred dollars left. Then people have to keep keep buying in, but um, the the other model I was thinking of is um, what if I don't I don't charge for the game at all. All I do is uh, supply drinks, so I you know I sell sell soft drinks and beers, tequila, uh, sell some sell some snacks. Like what if I even sell some healthy food? Like I sell some lunches, the falafel like <laughs> falafel sandwiches and and uh yeah. um i don't know what else modietes like like um beans on on toast kind of thing <laughs> beans on toast it sounds like an awful way to describe a would, modiete, would you sell them on order or would you just just have them there uh what do you mean like when i make them to order yeah i mean would you would you, would you have like a little menu where people could order in between yeah. the games or whatever or would you yeah we'll probably order while they're playing like yeah I suppose yeah, these games. So I'm not a I'm not a poker player uh-huh. yet. I'm very <laughs> interested. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to imagine what what it, what it'd be like. Because I think my experience is you know minimal from movies and mm. you know hearing stories and things. Uh-huh. But um, okay, so so you're not you're not taking commission out. out yeah, of, not out taking of commission out of a pot. Or if we play a tournament, I'm not going to charge a, a tournament fee. Yeah. I think you probably charge a little bit heavy for membership if you're going to charge 100 pesos a night. That, Sorry? Charge- I mean, if you, once you get your reputation up and you're in a good place, yeah. you could probably get some, you know, quite a good membership base. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I thought about, like, what if I combine it and charge a membership fee, like 200 pesos a month, and uh, then that gives them a discount on the, the beer or something like that. That, that could be a, an option too. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, the me- the membership thing is like what what um, places do in Europe, what card rooms do in Europe. So you might pay fifty or hundred euros a month, and then you get unlimited use of of the club. Um, and um, yeah, I, th- I think that's an interesting idea. But uh, I mean, it's more difficult to do practically while you're running it on the sly. If if it's all out in the open and you have you can you know pay- process credit cards or something like that. Uh, then, then it would probably be a lot easier to do. <laughs> but um, I don't you know. You just need a shop front, something else. 
<laughs> okay, okay. It's not such a bad idea. Yeah. You, you, you have a coffee shop downstairs yeah. Yeah. that also yeah. takes payment. <laughs> yeah, a membership fee for, for my falafel store. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd have like, um, I mean, if you're selling launches, you, you have, yeah. you know, here's your fee and you, they, you give them a card with, you know, 20, yeah. 20 launches. No one ever hands it in because <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> and you're charging them 200 pesos a month to, to have a, <laughs> a yeah, exactly. card. Because for buying, <laughs> for buying your 10 launches, you've uh, 20 pesos a piece, mm. you, you save five pesos each. It's mm -hmm. completely legit. <laughs> yeah. No, that works. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's not such a bad idea. That's one way to do it. But, but what's, um, it, what's it going to look like? I mean, do you need more than one table or is it just like, you know, you, you move all the furniture out of your lounge room on the weekends or? Yeah, I'd say I'd just move, move the furniture. I'd say to start, I would just have one table. Um, I'm imagining Mo, you know, where he's got like the, the lever and all the bars. <laughs> the bar and all the furniture flips upside down. Like all the right. tables fold up and everything while their cops say their little walkthrough. <laughs> It'd be like that, right? <laughs> The episode where, where Barney doesn't get off the seat and goes, goes in with all the cogs underneath. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's one way to do it. I'm not sure if I need that level of technolo technological advancement. Besides, I mean, it would probably be a fold-up poker table anyway. So you got like a cover like an, and like a, a false tabletop that just sits yeah. on top while, yeah. it, while anyone does an inspection or... Yeah, but why? Yeah. Why would they inspect? The it's just it's just your house. Yeah, it's got twenty of your mates hanging out. Mm. Yeah, exactly. We're just having a party and relaxing. There's beers in the fridge, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. So. it. It's seen more and more plausible. Yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah, not that yeah. you'd ever not that you'd ever do it. I mean, that's completely <laughs> illegal. Yeah, wouldn't Nobody recommend does illegal it. stuff in Mexico. It's completely ridiculous. That's an absurd allegation. Yeah, who would? Yeah, exactly. So then, yeah. So so you know you can have the the membership card, and, and then they get a five peso discount. So you know in, instead of the the beers cost costing you know thirty pesos, they come down to twenty five, uh, something like that. You know they get a, instead of a launch it costing forty pesos, it costs thirty five. But I'm thinking like. Okay, so say I sell, um, I buy the beers from a supermarket. They cost about 15 pesos a piece. I'm selling them for 25 or, you know, 30 for a nice beer. Um, it's about 10, 10 pesos a piece. Um, people are drinking, say the average punter drinks, uh, let's say, say, say three, bars, three, three beers each. Um, so I'm selling 30, 30 beers a night or, you know, 30, 60 beers a night. Easy. Yeah, and then I, I sell like 10, 10 snacks and make 20 pesos on every snack. And, you know, that's, a, that's 500 pesos profit a night. Um, maybe I need a, a waitress or something that I'll pay her like 200 pesos and she, plus she gets tips. You know what you should um, do? Yeah. You just need to go find a, like a motel. Yeah. Dodgy motel, mm. like a cheap one. You know, you know the ones you see for like two ninety a, a night. It's like twenty bucks, right? Um, or ones that charge by the hour. But the ones where you, where you drive <laughs> I love your, hotel, yeah, where you drive your car in and yeah. just deck one of their rooms out. Just rent one oh, of their yeah. rooms from them. Okay, there you okay. got your car. You got your car park <laughs> sorted. You know, someone else can look after girls on the side. It's like it's a full establishment, all <laughs> services. 
It's the oldest established permanent rolling poker game in Guadalajara. Okay. I'm just trying to make money, man. I, I, I don't care. It's, the, it's not a bad idea. You know, do you, do you know this? Do you know what I was just referencing there? No. Okay. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a play, a musical called Guys and Dolls. And mm. it's, a, it's all about okay. gamblers. And, and that's one of the, the first numbers in, in the... Um, in the show. So you're telling me it's a good idea. <laughs> it's, would, a, it's an interesting idea. I would, I would invest. <laughs> yeah. You're going to yeah. need help. Money, money down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they go, it, it's kind of cool in the song because at, at one point they're like, you know, we can't do it at the back of this bar. Uh, and because the heat is on, we just can't do it, you know, in, in the back of the police station like, <laughs> like we sometimes <laughs> do. Um, <laughs> can't hold the crap game there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's an interesting idea to have a, to have a rolling poker game. I'm not sure if it's an entire, entirely necessary. I mean, you know, the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And if the complexity isn't necessary, then, you know, leave it alone. Yeah. Um, but if, I mean, if, if things really got hard in Guadalajara, maybe, but I, I don't think it would ever be that. Uh, I don't think it would ever be really necessary to do something like that. Oh, we start small and then, then we see where we grow into. Mm, mm. Not that we'd do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does, it does seem cool. I mean, cool. I, I think, you know, this could, could be making like five, 500, 1,000 pesos a, a night and I maybe run it on Fridays and Saturdays. And yeah, so we're, we're talking about... You know, it's 4,000, 8,000 pesos a month. Um, it's enough, you know, it's a, not a bad haul. So one of the problems I've thought of, like you mentioned security, uh, one of the problems would be, well, you know, this is an establishment where you're serving alcohol and, uh, you know, maybe people get a bit rowdy or something like that. So my idea would be kind of to, to vet the players beforehand. Um, so if, if I'm going to have... You know, I'm, I'm going to have like 10 or 20 people in this in this establishment, and uh, so I'd go to some some poker clubs that already exist, uh, where people are playing tournaments and and, and things are cool. Uh, and I would say, uh, you know, if I met someone cool at one of these places, I would say, hey, you know, I run this game, and and uh, come along and you know have a good time and and. Uh, that's fine. So if if they're you know, I'd have to. Yeah, I'd have these to judge are, my judge their character. These That's are like idea. Uh, clients. Yeah. that you invite along. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I look for the the right people. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's a that's one option. Also, I mean, I'd probably be practicing responsible service of alcohol not necessarily because i i care so much about my customers but i guess that's <laughs> that's no, an important it is too. it is important because yeah. one of them is going to bring a mate yeah you know, or, or invite other people and if it is of yeah. quality it's going to naturally grow yes yes and so yeah so i'd, I'd say well hey you know you're if, if people are drinking too much if they if they get if they get a bit over the top then uh, you know I, I'd probably stop serving them alcohol, give them give them water, of course, free. You know, give, give them something to eat. That, so that, that is pretty easy to manage. Yeah, they're, they're just going to be well aware of the conditions. 
before they enter. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I put a sign up on the wall saying these, these are the these are the rules, and you know, you may need to leave if if uh, <laughs> if something's out of order. Yeah. I'm just I'm picturing your front door with a little little uh, what was it like? It's like a door within a door, like a little pop open. <laughs> Right, there, there's right. your front door. I think it's a perfect place. <laughs> this place? Yeah. I'm thinking about a, a different place and like a new Good apartment. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Secret knocks, code words, the, the works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, if necessary. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically my idea for, for a little business operation. Okay, so you need a table. Mm. You need chips, cards, decks, you know, yep. just your consumables. Yep, yep. And and personnel. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So maybe just a waitress to start with and I do the dealing myself. And yeah. So I don't know. The, pro- the problem is too because I know like I've seen people try to even organize card games among friends here in Mexico and, and uh, you know, the, the people the the players will get back to you about an hour after the the card game was supposed to start <laughs> that's you know the 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 running on mexican time so yeah i wonder i i probably would have to have a large client base to ensure that the game is enough to run but well, yeah you have a couple of sit-ins yeah yeah that that might be an option to to get it started but but the problem is i mean with um say a, a casino in las vegas might do something like that when there's not enough players they'll get someone to, to sit in like one of the dealers will get come off another table and, and sit there and play but it might be using the casino's money um but or or maybe he's playing with his own money but he's getting paid to be there so yeah, that's it's. Uh, it wouldn't really work with this model because I'm not taking commission out of every pot, and that's yeah, that makes it different. Yeah, just so, I mean, okay, so you need to start as a just as a, a crew of friends. Yeah, just yeah. start start friendly, and, yeah. then, and then once you have you know reliable, you mm. know local network of, of friends, then you'd be mm. like, yeah, you know, come over and I'll and play for a bit. Yep. I'll, I'll owe you one. I don't know. Yeah. You, you better work it out. Yeah. But if yeah. the game's good, I don't think you're going to have a shortage of players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but that's, I mean, part of the, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of this weird chicken or egg thing because part of the game being good is there being enough players. Uh, so, so it, you know, it goes around in this Ouroboros-like circle. Um, but if, you know, I guess it's also about the, the atmosphere, you know, pe- people having a good time and, uh, you know, having, having drinks ready and everything like that, that, that makes it interesting as well. Yeah. Sounds like fun, man. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the good thing about this, uh, this model as well is if, if they want to play really low stakes, they can. And I just say, yeah, like if you want to play 100, 100 peso buy-in game or, you know, you want to play a, a, a tournament that's, you know, 100 pesos and uh, winner takes all, um, then, then you can do that. And that's totally not a big deal. It's, you know, really small stakes and it's, it's perfectly fine. So, so that means, 
like I have the option um, to have a small game. I have the option to have a big game, and you know, hopefully, I would I would have um, big players there eventually. You know, whales coming in and and tipping the waitress fifty pesos on a. 30 peso beer <laughs> that, that'd be nice i'm assuming he won <laughs> but we should check out some some uh tables that are already here yeah like uh, there, there's quite a there's quite a few there's quite a few casinos i mean there's definitely i know mm. I, can say, I can name a handful that i that we know of yeah um the Nash it, and the Providence, yeah yeah but I, I don't know even know if they have poker there and i, I checked on their website and the website is a uh, there's madre it's, it's a disaster it doesn't tell you anything so i don't even know i don't have no idea what games i have there it might be filled wall to wall with with uh slump machines i only know of one one actual casino that plays cards yeah but i've been advised not to go there okay, because okay. it's just really heavy and right. everyone that does Some go deep there ass is, gangster shit. is uh is packing right. and it's and it's not uncommon to have gunfights in that place Wow. And then this is like five minutes from home. So okay. you should definitely check it out. <laughs> definitely check it out. Okay, okay. Well, we, I, we need I to know we what we're in bring for. bring in a camera there and show some footage, but we might bring back some interesting stories. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd be keen, if I'd be mm. game to take a camera in there, mm. just in case. I mean, these people don't want to be seen. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't make a full documentary about the underground poker scene in Guadalajara well yeah. it's not exactly a scene I mean it's one establishment right it's an establishment <laughs> like it's one a place. place yeah still I'd like to go there just uh, well walk, walk in yeah feel the vibe see if I feel the vibe and want to turn out and walk away immediately I can see us walking in like two kids and going oh shit <laughs> <laughs> this isn't this isn't right but Joanna's been there Oh, right. Yeah, she was invited there with some friends. Okay, okay. But she didn't hang around very long. She, <laughs> she just said it, it just feels, it feels bad. <laughs> like you don't know what's going to happen. Okay. But that's, that's maybe that's a good thing. I mean, maybe that's why people, people like it. That kind well, of, that's, yeah, that's kind that's of the That's what atmosphere. casinos are all about. Hey, you don't know what's going to happen. Are you going to lose your house? Are you going to win a million dollars? Nobody knows. <laughs> House always wins. Actual odds of winning point one zero 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 percent. So this time it's your house. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's exactly right. The house always wins, and it's it's my house. So the, you know, this is a lot. It's a, it's a lot less swingy than actually playing poker and and uh, trying to be on your game every second of every day and not make silly decisions and not let your emotions get to you and stay. Stay, you know, stay, stay cool-headed the entire time that you're playing. That that can be a, a hard gig. They say it's a, an, a hard way to make an easy living. Hmm. You can see I'm thinking. I'm really <laughs> thinking because I, I don't really know how to play. To right. be honest, it's kind of embarrassing. But I got I got the maestro. <laughs> I'll, I'll teach you what I know. I know I know a few a few tricks. But I, I did like the transition you made from this uh, thinking about permissions and it's too much and a headache yeah. and I don't know it's gonna be a pain in the ass to like screw it. I'll just do it in my lounge room. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Need permission badges? We don't need those thinking badges. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So my name is Kurt Robinson. 
And my name is Aaron Battle. And we are professional criminals. No, we are the Paradise Paradox. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for delving deep into the paradox, launching yourself into the void, taking a dive in the ocean. Deep as the Mariana Trench, deep as the abyss. How deep is this? So go on to Facebook and head on to Paradise Paradox and press like on our Facebook page. Hold over, hold your button, hold your mouse over the lever, the like button, and it will present you the option to press get notifications. And that means it's going to pop up on your feed whenever we tell you a little something interesting. Then you can head on over to YouTube, press subscribe on YouTube, press like or dislike on YouTube, head on over to our website, theparadiseparadox.com, and you can leave us a comment there. Tell us what you think, good, bad, um, indeterminate (laughs) indifferent uh, or ambivalent Uh, and tell us exactly your thoughts that are in your brain let us know what's happening in that deep recesses of your mind between every every gap of your your brain hemisphere your brainosphere Um, or just share us an idea that is too hard too hard basket (laughs) that would be really cool bit too hard and we'll do it <laughs> probably will we're just crazy enough that it just might work Man. I, I don't think it's craziness yep. though i okay. think it's what just is... i think it's just not thinking too hard mm. Mm. okay okay you're gonna just dive in and do something just do it that's what it's all about yeah, yeah. and uh yeah where where else will you head on on itunes jump on itunes you have an iPhone, iPod, iMovie, jump on iTunes and uh, press subscribe on iTunes. And that way you can uh, receive our new episodes downloaded, listen to them at the gym, in the car, and a long commute through the Moscow streets, trapped in traffic, waiting on Pushkaski and the Ulitzer, trying to find your way into the center of the city around the Fifth Ring Road. Maybe you can listen to another episode and jump on to what's the other one? Pocket Casts. Oh, yeah. Pocket yeah. Cast for Android. If you have an Android KitKat, uh, Bubblegum, or whatever the latest release of Android is called, jump on Pocket Cast, download Pocket Casts, listen on Pocket Casts, subscribe on Pocket Casts, and shop on Amazon. Yeah, shop on Amazon. Head on over to theparadiseparadox.com. You'll notice up the top, that's upways, you'll notice there is a shop Amazon link and that's going to take you through to Amazon and it's just going to mean that if you buy something, then uh, we're going to receive a little commission. So we appreciate when you do that. Give us a little support, just like uh, an orthopedic mattress. And head on over to theparadiseparadox.com again keep doing it because there's a donate donate section on there you can give us a little tip we do appreciate it uh, when you show your support in that fashion uh, because it it lets us know that that all this work that we're doing actually uh, means something to you that, that this work is valuable, that these ideas are valuable, that we are getting through to our, uh, our clients, customers, listeners, viewers, and uh, people who are trying to read our lips because they're deaf and don't understand English. Uh, and uh, what yeah, else? That they can donate too. Yeah, but- yeah, why not? 
if you feel the uh, the concrete chipping away at the the soft brain, <laughs> send me a buck <laughs> or two yeah. or five. Yeah, yeah. Suggest a donation, a dollar per episode that you like. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for paying us attention, shining your divine light. And thank you again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for jumping into the paradise paradox. Thanks for trying to resolve the paradox and enter into paradise. Seeing the shining palm trees, beaming down, casting the shadow on your window. Keeping it cool like cool Keith, laying down the flow. That's going to link to your show notes. Check out a lot of the interesting movies, interesting